Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Good morning, Life Fellowship family and friends. As we all know, Pastor Mark is on, has started his sabbatical leave, so for the next six to eight weeks-ish, um, he'll be out, and I just want us to please continue to lift him and Pastor Christine in prayer as they get the rest and the break that they so desperately need, and he, I know he's watching. Um, so I'm the first in the lineup of teachings Pastor Mark has set up in place for us while he's out. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for allowing me to share what the Lord has for us from the platform. I recognize this to be a great honor and privilege to serve in this regard. So thank you for your trust. I love you, and I appreciate you. All right. The word says in Ecclesiastes 1.9, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time Okay, for everything there is a season. Yep, there we go. Nope. Ecclesiastes 1.9, Matthew. See, he threw me off. Uh, history merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. With that being said, today's teaching is not anything that we have not heard before, but it will be told from this body up here, not Pastor Mark. Um, so what I want you all to do is to consider this. Consider that you, have you ever thought about something that you taught someone? And in this case, I'm going to say my spouse. I taught my spouse something, something that's in my wheelhouse, anatomy, fitness, whatever the case may be. And I'm teaching him. I'm giving him everything that I got. I'm really drilling in everything, asking myself, did I fill this blank in? Did I fill that blank in? Did I tell him this? Did I tell him that? And one day, that same person that you gave your all to in the previous conversations comes home and is so excited to tell you a newfound knowledge that they have, something that they learned. Spouses, look up here. <laughs> something that they learned that they either read in a magazine, a coworker told them, something that they learned outside of the home. And they come home and tell you all about this newfound knowledge. And that newfound knowledge is the same thing you've been trying to teach them this whole time. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? No? Just me? Well, <laughs> turns out when I speak, I think my husband just hears wham, 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 wham. I might choose the wrong time to be trying to teach him something, or he may be coming home from work and know that I have 10,000 more words to let out and I'm going to unload on him. <laughs> and he's turned me out, right? He's not in the receiving mode. He's hearing me, but he's not listening, right? But for whatever reason, he's distracted from what I'm trying to teach him or what I've taught him. And he's, he wasn't able to receive it from me. Whatever the case may be, 
Let's just be gracious in hearing about what others are learning, even if Pastor Mark has been given his all to drill in his teachings and learning to us. Sometimes hearing it from a different perspective just sinks in or we're ready to receive. Don't be like your spouse. Just kidding, honey. I love you. So, <laughs> so we'll just leave that there. Thank you, Pastor Mark. So the title of today's message is Live It. And my first point is Live It Courageously. We all experience seasons in our life. Here we go, Matt. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, share some of those seasons. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under, the, under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. Time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace seasons. In these seasons, there's three cycles we typically face. We don't know the timeline of these seasons in our lives. <clears throat> Only the Lord does. The first season could be the season that you're going through right now. Could be a season that you just came out of. Could be your second season. Your third season is the season that you're going into. Always in a season. Perhaps it's quiet. You're smooth sailing along and living your best life. Perhaps it's the opposite. Total chaos and you feel like you cannot catch a break. The issue we cause is when we get stuck in those seasons. We're either like the Israelites, forgetting God's promises, disobeying, or flat out refusing to enter the season set before us. Or we're just like whiny babies in the middle of a circumstance or situation meant for us to go through, yet we want to get comfortable, set up camp, put up the balloons, put up furniture, cry all about it, instead of armoring up and going through it. We drag it out to last longer than it's intended. When you hear someone say they're going through hell, pray for them to have the strength to stay connected to the Lord and hear him the entire way through. This is where leaning on our brothers and sisters in Christ comes into play. We're more than just here for one another on a Sunday morning to say good, the, the superficial good morning. How are you? How are you doing? I'm going to take this time for a small group plug. If you don't know, if you feel like I don't even know anybody in this church, I just come on Sundays and say hi, and I know them from church. The small groups are what you want to plug into to get to know who your brothers and sisters are and get to know what you're praying for, helping them through. We will never see the revelation of the Lord's will if we decide to not walk through it or get stuck in a place we're not willing to go through. He doesn't tell us how it's going to change, but it will change, just like seasons. We just have to go through it. Go through hell. Don't stop. Keep going. 
armor up, get with your brothers and sisters and ask for prayer. We have a prayer line. You can text your prayers in. We have a prayer team. You can check with them after service to pray for you. We're here for one another, church. We have to treat each other as, as family. Consider your spiritual journey. It's just like a marathon. Training is the only way to gain the endurance needed to to get through those 26.2 miles. If you, you know that if you don't train, there's always the possibility you may not cross the finish line. These trials we have in our life provide us with developing our endurance and our spiritual journey. They're meant for us, helping to build our faith muscles. Church, don't stop. Keep going. Even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't have the strength, Think of that training. It's not always easy to go through that training. You think someone running a marathon wants to go through that grueling training every day? They pretty much set themselves up for that marathon. They signed up for it. So they know what they're getting into before they get into it. You need that endurance. So does your spiritual maturity, your spiritual journey. You need the endurance. Romans 5.3 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength or character. And character strengthens our confidence, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We have the Holy Spirit. We live every day the best we know how in constant communion with this spirit. He's always there. Even when you feel you're not hearing from him or don't know who he is, have you ever felt like something told you something? Or told you to, something told you to say? Or something told you to go this way, not that way? Well, that something has a name, and it is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to lead us and guide us into all truth and give us power. As in Acts 1.8 says, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power. Guess you didn't know you had a superpower, did you? He didn't give us a spirit of fear. As in 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Let us not forget him when we are faced with making a decision that may be amoral. He's still there watching, rooting for you to do the right thing. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. We have to be able to see that trials are meant for us to go through. Go through them. And remember, it's part of your spiritual journey. Stay connected to the Lord. It's the only way to get through with courage and in faith. Honor the Lord in every decision that you make. Because whatever the season brings, we must nurture our relationship with the Lord daily. 
So my second point is live it intentionally. Nurturing this relationship with the Lord means you're spending intentional time in his presence, taking time, taking him with you, inviting him into your day, into your life, every opportunity that you get, speaking to him throughout the day. He longs to hear from you daily. Not just when you think about him throughout the month or on Sunday mornings or when you need something from him because you're desperate, but through it all, every day, every hour, every chance he can get to be in communion with you is what he desires. Why would we not give that to him? Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 say, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Drop down to verse 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. In in Ephesians 5, we also see examples of how to live daily with intention, making decisions to do the opposite of what the world is telling you to do. Look at verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to accuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Live in the way Paul describes to the Ephesians is to live with intention. You have to intentionally live with integrity. Every decision you make has a consequence, whether it's moral or amoral. We will all have to face a decision when we are away from our safety net. Make sure you're living it intentionally, church. We have to learn to say, hell, no. Heaven, yes. Saying no comes with intention and resistance, as in the scripture 4-7 says. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist not only the devil, but all the things that are of and from him. 
The word resist means to oppose, but it's not just any kind of opposition, but to forcefully choose against with not just a casual or a coy refusal, but a deliberate no. Consider Joseph in Genesis 39, 1 through 18, verses 11 and 12. We see his refusal to Potiphar's wife. It was deliberate. He left it. He dropped his cloak and said, I'm out of here. You're not going to set me up. No. He said, hell no. And he walked away. Living an intentional life clarifies to the world that God is sitting on the throne of your life. He's my king, my Lord. He's in charge of my life. And when we place him in his proper position in our life, everything else falls into place. So when trials come, when trials come, because they will, we will not be shaken because we're firmly committed and grounded, living with intention in Christ. Intentionally choosing to live our life in accordance with God's will every day will yield the character of integrity, wisdom, and discernment along that timeline of our spiritual journey. We all want to be spiritually mature, right? We don't want to stay babies. And if you consider the development of a baby, Consider how they learn how to walk, how they are very dependent on you as a baby. And then they go through the steps to try to be independent, to learn on their own, to learn how to walk, how to stand up, how to bear weight in their legs. Through that development, they're going away from you more and more, looking for their own independence. But yet you are always there for your children, right? You're always there, no matter what they're going through, no matter what age they are, you are always going to be there for your children, allowing them to be dependent on you in whatever regard that looks like. Sometimes it's not healthy, but they depend on you for the knowledge, the experience, everything that you have that they need. They may look at you a little different, like, Mom, you don't know. That's not what we're going through these days. It's different from what you, what you went through back in those days. What I'm going through is different now. You don't understand. The principles are the same. They don't change. The circumstance might change. The situation might change. But the principle is still the same. And your parents, your elders can teach you something about this life you're living. So live it intentionally. My third point this morning is live it wisely. Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, living by the Spirit's power. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
when you're going through seasons in this life, be wise in how you live. People are watching you. Coworkers, family, friends. People are watching you. How you react, how you respond, how you answer. Why? Because you're the light that shines really bright. And in some way or another, they're learning from you. Or maybe even seeing if the situation is going to trip you up. How are you going to respond? You may be the only church, the only piece of church, or piece of heaven, piece of Christ, someone interacts with in their daily lives. Remember those bracelets? What would Jesus do? WWJD? We often, Christians know them, and we, before we get caught up, we think, what would Jesus do? Before you get caught up in the gossip at the office, or looking at photos of young ladies provocatively dancing on your coworker's phone, or walking into a negative conversation where they're trying to get a reaction out of you. Rest assured, just as you're asking, what would Jesus do? Someone is asking, what would Jules do? What would Salima do? What would Diane do? And they're watching to see how you're going to respond. How are you going to admit the light in you in those circumstances, in those situations? Are you going to be intentional and say, no, I'm not taking part in this, and you're going to walk away from it? Or are you going to participate and get caught up? It doesn't matter what your decision is. You have to make, live wisely. Live the right decision. Live the way, live as if the Lord was standing right there watching you because he is. He is watching your every move. He wants to see your light shine. He wants to see you be his light in this world, representing him to the children that he loves so much. Live wisely, church. Your response always matters. Think before you act. Think before you speak. Think before you watch or sit and listen to anything that will compromise your walk with the Lord. Consider the parable Jesus gave regarding the ten bridesmaids in Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going to go out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. 
But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you, too, must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Living wisely means to be spiritually prepared. You can't buy spiritual preparation or borrow it from someone at the last minute. You have to make Jesus personal. He has to be the Lord of your life. I can't expect my husband to read the Bible and expect that to get to me because it's not. I have to read it for myself to see what the Lord wants to say to me so I can make him the king of my life in charge of me. I can't get that through my husband. My husband can pray for me. But what he knows is not going to just rub off on me. I wish sometimes it would. Sometimes when I'm doing things that, you know, he, I know he has more knowledge in, I want that off on me, but I don't always get it the way he does. We're opposite. Some of your marriages may be. I don't know. But I have to live wise enough to learn from him. Be wise enough to learn from your spouse what you can so that when it is time for you to give that knowledge back, you have it. My husband knows a lot about the Bible. Y'all know that. My husband, he has a good, good relationship with the Lord. And he prays for me. He prays for his wife. But his wife also has to go to that same Bible and get what the Lord has for her. Because he speaks to me way differently than my husband ever will. Ever will. I love you, honey, but that man knows me intimately. And only he can speak to me in ways that I will truly receive. It's the same for everybody here. You have to make Jesus personal. Who is he to you? It means that you have a relationship with your creator. That's what it means. Make him personal. You share personal stuff with him. You feel no one else will understand. Intimate stuff. That you may feel that if people knew this about you, mm -mm, they may not want to know you. But he's there. He's there waiting with open arms for you to come to him. Share all your personal and intimate stuff with him. Because he can take it. He can handle it. He made you. He knows exactly what to tell you. He knows how to help you fix it. Wisdom is seeking him for yourself. Asking him for spiritual discernment. Asking him for insight about your situation or your circumstances. Asking him to give you his wisdom. Because he's going to give it to you differently than what your spouse can. Live it wisely, church. So my points today were live it. We were in our live it series, wrapping up everything Pastor Mark has been teaching us. Um, this message comes from just our, when we say live it, what does that mean? That means to go out and live your Christian life out loud. Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. 
You have that opportunity every day you step foot out of your house. Your safety net is in your house. But when you step out of your house, things are going to come up. Trials, situations, circumstances are going to come up. They're going to happen. The word said, when trials come, how are you going to respond? That person cuts you off on 45. Or, or cuts in front of you and then slows down and then hits their brake because you're up on them too close. How do you respond? Are you responding in a Christian manner? I don't want to know your answers, but. <laughs> so live it. Live your Christian life out loud when necessary. Use words. Let the light in you emit to this dark world. That's what we're here for. Make sure you have relationships with one another. All of your church family here, look around. You need somebody to pray with you, pray for you. Look around. Get involved in those small groups. So all in all, live it courageously. Live it intentionally. And live it wisely. That's my message for today. Thank you, Lord.